0: Welcome back to the weekly Celts Are Here flagship podcast. It's myself, Declan, joined by Quinny. Quinny, an exciting week to be a Celtic fan. We've got our 4th uh, January signing in the door in the form of uh, O, um, as I think w- w- we're calling him. Um, the pronunciation from Celtic officially hasn't dropped yet. Um, originally, it was o when it was announced um, on the Celtic website it came out as he O, oh. um, so I think we'll just stick with oh um, for, for purposes I know a lot of people are happy with that to fit it into songs um, which I'm sure they'll have no issue with at all although I would never like to see a bit more creativity than you know the old it's magic you know um, but <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see how we get on with that in a few weeks time um, hopefully when he's banging the goals in for Celtic and um, there's some kinda a of, uh, good tune put to his name. But just kinda of initially on bringing him in, two and a half million quid, five year deal. What's your whole take on Bringing OTCL Celtic? Jackpot, I think.
1: I seen the I seen the hashtag that went out with the the announcement was oh yeah. Uh, which I've endlessly been saying in my head ever since. Oh yeah, you know, like that kind of
0: <laughs> <laughs> WWF bro. type of thing, isn't it? Randy Randy Savage. That's oh it. yeah. That's exactly that's the a... voice
1: that's in my head <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I couldn't place it, but that's it, exactly. So uh, so that's good fun. Um, and, you know, reading, uh, pardon me, reading, watching the manager's kind of interview unveiling him, like, we definitely got some really interesting details out of that in terms of seemingly how long we've been pursuing this. Uh, and it had been said to me in group chats and whatever, maybe about a week ago or whenever we first uh, were linked to him, that he'd done his military service already, and that was in the kind of the, the back burner because... It, it can't be stated enough how rare it is to get a Korean player like the age we've got that's not got that jeopardy of that happening in the next, like, Two, cycle. I don't years. know what... Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly the rigmarole around how often it happens or whatever, you know, but... um, So... Great to see him coming in. Like I, I did some analysis on him a bit closer to him actually being confirmed because you mm-hmm. remember, like we got like three or four links right quick. You know there was like Thiago Santana, there was another guy in the J League that played for the same team. I forget who it was exactly now at this point. This lad obviously Cho was still knocking around, and then there was a Korean midfielder in K two that yeah, remember I'm sure him. we're still yeah. kind of linked to as well. So um, I kind of stayed away from it all until one of them or any of them kind of materialised. But the guy looks like a proper machine, like. Um, I'm not sure if I described him as all action in my kind of initial take. I'll need to check back on that. But the manager certainly did, and you know that's you know the first impression I got of this guy is he's much more like Kyogo than Jackie Marcus in terms of what we're going to get on the pitch from him. So yeah, man, I think jackpot back in the net. This is a
0: a great move for all. Uh, and even then, Quinnie, you I think people are just fighting probably by. His height and whatever he's probably a wee bit more kind of similar to Kyogo. He likes to, to press, He likes to be aggressive, getting people's faces. He used that Termange post to Kogler that he's all action, but he's got something different to Kyogo too. Um, you know that we're going to eventually see. Um, and we're looking forward to seeing, but it is interesting in the in, in terms of I remember and I had to look back. Um when the the, the deal was announced, that Ange Postacoglu actually mentioned the K-League as a market to explore in December 2021. So it's obviously evident that Celtic has been looking at options in South Korea for a a good wee while now, well over a year, and this has been the right deal, and it's a deal which you can see from the manager's detail that he goes into, looked like it just wasn't going to happen. I think that was because uh, the club um, had put a kind of, you know, he's not going anywhere he's he, he staying our player but eventually Celtic went in with a deal at two and a half million quid as we understand uh, to just be too much they couldn't turn it down and we've got our man but found it really interesting also to uh, read the comments Quinny that Ange Postacoglu mentioned uh, Matt Lowell and, and Michael Nicholson in it which shows at this current point in time that everything in the background is working as you would hope it would be
1: yeah it sounds like there's a real uh, a real kind of uh, synergy going on between the front office and the back office as the americans call it you know um Ange can quite comfortably go on the training pitch every day and charge on with the, the, the task at hand knowing that these guys are doing the dirty work you know behind the scenes and phoning people up different time zones maybe traveling for meetings maybe doing you know whatever it takes to get these deals done meeting agents and all the rest of it you know so the fact that he's bringing them into the conversation and giving them praise that he believes that they're due I think, you know, we are starting to see that kind of recurring pattern of... Because, again, one of Ange's comments was we thought this would be the first steal over the line, which really does uh, intimate for how long, you know, they've been they've been tracking this guy and uh, how much he was probably a preferred option over maybe a, one or two others. Um, so, yeah, I, I do. he scores a fair amount of headers as well. If you look at all of his, you know, like of his analysis and stuff like that. He scores a lot of headers. He scores a lot of those headers where he's like coming into the defender's blind spot <laughs> and beats them mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, maybe around the goal mouth, maybe the front yard box, you know, and it's like, you know, clinical, like he gets up. He's not like necessarily springing 10 feet in the air or like a seven foot giant, but like ball comes in and he beats the man in front of him, gets in the blind spot and, and puts it away. And, you know, like if he, you know, the, the times we do swing balls into the box, having a guy that's, capable of getting that uh, that half yard and is wanting to put those chances away. It's a type of goal we don't really score too often. So that's exciting to see as well.
0: It's not and the manager also put a bit of emphasis on the fact that the team he's joining us from didn't have a great season last year. His goals practically kept him up um but shows those different characteristics that I'm talking about, you know, that comparison between him and Kyogo and that, you know, for Keogh's sake, there's a lot of chances created in the Celtic team. We've got flair players all around him. Whereas oh, I think for a large part of the last campaign, was kind of carrying the team off his own back. And at 21 years old, you know, a bit younger than that, obviously, and because it was a season ago, it says a lot probably about him as a character and an individual. Just to kind of read out those comments, Quinny, you know, the manager said, you know, I'm really pleased he's someone that Mark and myself identified really early on. As you touched on there, before, we thought we'd be the first one through the door, but it's fair to say that it's taken a while to get the negotiations done and get him here. It's really credit to the player himself and to Michael Nicholson for their perseverance because there were times when I thought it wasn't going to happen, but they've both persevered to get it done. That is music to, to all our ears. Um, and it's interesting now, kind of reflecting back in the past few weeks, that you know the, the main target appeared to be Cho Sung, obviously also playing... In the K League, but I, yep. again, it kind of puts the cat amongst the pigeons in that. What the media report on, and different reports we know that Cho's agent, you know, did clarify that, that, that there was an approach from Celtic um, in this. Listen, that that deal might not be completely done, it could be something that we revisit towards the back end of this January window. Although I think that's highly unlikely, even though it would be absolutely cracking. I would love nothing more than us to have three cycles at the club or it could be a case that it's one that we maybe look towards in the summer, Um, because as I say, his agent has has clarified that there was interest from Celtic, but that, what's your thoughts on that, that it's quite interesting, you know, that they identified, oh, and by the sounds of it, had they also managed to get a deal over the line you'd have brought Chogu Sung in too, and obviously you've mentioned the link there with the the lad in the the K2 league. Yeah, well, uh at this point,
1: I wouldn't rule anything out. You know, to be honest with you, like because it does. It doesn't ever sound like we gave up on the. The oh, it sounds like the manager got disheartened at certain stages, of course. But um, maybe it maybe sounded more like it was not going to be a deal for today. It might have been a deal in the summer, and they tried to then push on for for the show deal to, to get done. But. Um, I think if if both of them came through and said I bids accepted deals done the manager just said bring them both on right you know <laughs> let's have them and I think maybe once we get some of the the head count in midfield down maybe bringing a guy in from K2 is possible but I think for as long as like we still have one of the, the three kind of loose ends at the midfield they don't need named at this point. I think everyone's said their name too many times in these yeah, transfer videos. But we will
0: talk about them. Don't worry, we'll get on to, <laughs> to those guys. because, um, listen, it's part of the conversation here when you're looking at you know your incomings and outgoings and how Celtic, evidently when we're on next week and the, the transfer window uh, door is bolted up until the summer and the chaos starts again, we all need to reflect on where we're at in the window. Um but you know, just in terms of the signing, I think it's exciting that, again, we're entering a new market, Quinny, that yep. we've not touched for too long. Um, Celtic, you know, obviously mentioned that we'd had Chad Uray and Kee Young. As Celtic players previous, but again, you know that that has been our only ventures. I think into the the South Korean market, and as I keep saying, for Celtic to try and progress and compete with, with teams at Champions League level, we need to do something a wee bit different because we've not got the spending power to go out there and spend twenty five, thirty million quid. The way to do that is have these proper uh, scouting. Um, Structures in place That we can go out Bring in quality talent Develop them We know that Ange Postakoglu Has a track record Of developing young talent And players Not just young talent Players You know Josip Joranovic Is one of those guys Um, And to to compete uh, And to me That's really Really exciting Uh,
1: Totally You know And it's just like um, It's not necessarily Moving up It is moving up The food chain In a respect for us That we are now Definitely hosting A lot more players That are up and coming you know, even like uh, Jens, like even though that whole, the way that whole deal has moved on, like him, even just playing for us for you know twelve or thirteen games or something, he goes from being an unknown player to like everyone. To he can kind of he he's, it looks like he's walking into a deal at Schalke all of a sudden. A Bundesliga mm-hmm. team, not a great Bundesliga team, probably one of the worst ones going at the moment. But nonetheless, you know, like um, we, we are we are moving up the food chain in that respect. And we are starting to bulk out and become the club that. Us as fans have always kind of known we have been kind of dormant in that respect. But in terms of like, normally we wouldn't get that deal over the line or we wouldn't even benefit for this guy. Oh, and maybe in a year or two from now, he would move to a bottom end German team or a team in Switzerland or Belgium or somewhere random like this. And then eventually, the, the you know, good players, of course, will always rise to the top and eventually they show themselves somewhere. And then some tubes on a podcast somewhere will go, Oh, I can't believe once upon a time this guy could get transferred for two million pounds how did everyone miss it you know so if you're getting yourself into the market to try and get these guys when they are popping around for two million it is exciting you know because that that region as we know from japan the way that they it's it's very much more a cultural thing where they they want people to go on and prosper and, and do well so they don't really restrict trade in that respect you know they're quite happy to sell to us as long yeah, as there's an ambition the to, to
0: european football absolutely yeah um I, and again, you know, for myself anyway, I don't, I don't know about you, Quinny, the key leagues have really been a league that I, I've watched particularly. My only real kind of knowledge of South Korean football comes from any time I've watched the national team um, at, at the World Cup, but they always produce decent players. Um, I, I mentioned one in so Young, who I've got very fond memories of when he was at Celtic um, under yep. nearly I thought he was a cracking midfielder. So um, just in terms of that, I, and even his profile here, oh, um, when when you look at it, he, he almost seems quite an intriguing figure. That he, he's had that ambition, and he's really pushed this deal to come to Celtic, even though he knows he's walked into a team where the manager last week said, "You know, game time isn't guaranteed." He knows that he's coming in to compete with a striker who is twentiethly, he's twentieth goal in all competitions at the weekend. You know, so he, he's coming in here with real ambitions, but he, he's not scared to do that. And the fact he's went away and done his national service. Um, you've also read that he gave up his World Cup place for for Song Hu Ming. It just all builds into this kind of uh, a character who again fits the Ange Postecoglou mould that we've spoken so much about when he's talking about you know yeah. bringing in the right indivi- individuals as well as footballers.
1: Yeah, and you love to hear the quotes come out when they sign. This is a dream come true, and all that kind of stuff. Because that's the sort of guys you want wearing the jersey. That's the sort of guys you want taking you into you know domestic honors and trying to move the club on with all the goals that we've got. You know, in this kind of era of the club that we're now kind of basking in, as it were. Um, but on the K League, if anyone is interested, it is entirely free to watch at kleague.com. And th- because of the time difference, it's always on between seven am and ten am. So if you are ever absolutely stuck with something to do and it's in season, it's completely free. I don't think it's always got English commentary. It sometimes does and it streams pretty well. It's like kleague.com or whatever. If anyone is interested,
0: That's a good <laughs> shoot. you never know if there's going to be you know more arrivals coming um, from South Korea. That there's absolutely no reason why but we can't tune into to see some of the top talent in, in that country. You know, can't um, be any worse than Talksport. No, it can't be any worse than. <laughs> Talk sport and um, as you say, <laughs> time difference wise, it works out quite fine. Um, so I, you, given you, you, know, you might be watching a future Celtic, but had you been tuning in, um, for the past few months, you would have been watching it eh, all doing stuff. So well, why not? When it's a good shout there, but yeah, you, you're talking about those quotes coming out there, and one, you know, I particularly thought was very decent to, to read, and you see it, the embrace that the manager gives always, you know, and she said really importantly, I know. That he, he had his heart set in joining us too, and that his own perseverance has been crucial in making the deal happen. And um, so his determined determination to join Celtic has been very clear. That just seems like a player that's going to come in, um, isn't going to throw a strop. Um, and Keo goes, you know, kinda the the, the first choice pick he if you want to deal. call him that? He knows, he the, knows deal. the deal. He knows what he's walking into, and that that I think that's even more intriguing and exciting. Um, about it. Um. A week when I'm kind of surprised just with the way things were kind of progressing last week again, Celtic doing business when it kind of gets to a point really quickly and it develops quickly. Um, I, I thought Yakimakis would have likely been out the door before or arrived into the club, but but surely now at this point he's very likely to, to probably depart in the January just with everything that you're reading about him. Listen, I wouldn't be too phased if we were keeping a hold of Yakimakis until. The, the, the summer, if you know, but they can't get a deal done because from what I'm reading, I'll be a wee bit in the press, the, the two teams interested in, in Jackie Marcus are Atlanta in the USA and the uh, Red Diamonds, who have spoken about on here. But it looks as if Atlanta only want to take him loan. that's the deal that he prefers. Urawa want to pay the money up front. Jackie isn't, you know, eh, too keen, I don't think, in that, that move as of yet. So, um. I would have absolutely no objections to, to keeping Yakimakis until the summer, but probably at this point, the writing's likely on the wall that he is going to depart. Um, but again, it's good that, if you look at Alistair Johnson, for instance, Juranovic has went out the door, Johnson's came in, and O's already in the door, lately that Yakimakis goes out. And it's all about that that forward planning and being one step ahead, which I think we've been really, really good at.
1: Yeah. Well, I think... Um, uh- I think for, from the latest report I've caught is Atlanta, the Atlanta deal, depending on when this podcast because it may be announced by, but I've the latest report that I've caught is, that, is the deal is all, all but done. It's very complicated. And like you say, it's going to be a loan or something. And from like the, the, the part that I follow for, for MLS and Atlanta over the last couple of years, like they spend a lot of money. And part of their problem they've got with action in this deal is that they've spent a lot of money even more money than they normally do over the last two years, uh, particularly on transfer fees, you know. A guy who won the World Cup, Diego Almada, is a Atlanta United player. He was in the Argentina squad, made an appearance or two at the thing.
0: Um, you, is this the the club that's got the link with Aberdeen, Atlanta?
1: Yeah, uh-huh, so the same... The Stevie Glass was there for a bit, went to Aberdeen as well. He wasn't that great in Atlanta as well, and that was a bit of a transition period for them. But yeah, the same club. we have got one of the best stadiums you're ever going to lay your eyes yeah, on. Yeah, I've, I've seen
0: a club of your eye. I
1: don't think the surface is that great, to be honest with you. Um, but the actual is it better than is, uh, well, it's probably <laughs> more playable condition, but it's that uh, bad uh, synthetic stuff or whatever, you know. So the, the, you get the mild injuries with it. Um, but I think uh, I, I think that deal will go on, and I think it, it, well, one thing I wouldn't rule out at this point, right? Seeing you're thinking about could we get o ancho right? Jackie Marcus obviously does that post after the the cup final, uh, the cup uh, the cup winning goal, cup quarterfinal
0: Clipton post. Yeah,
1: yeah. The MLS transfer window doesn't close when our January window closes, right? So if this right. deal is complicated and protracted, we could have Jacky in February, and the deal could yeah. still go ahead. For example, right. you know, yeah. and likewise with bringing. Well, actually, no, our window does close, so we couldn't bring anyone in later. But um, place of stands like if there was even that whole we can't get a third striker in, would well, you know what Atlanta? We're going to their season starts a month today, so it kind of does need to get his skates on if he was going to be there. But like. Maybe we do hang on to him for a week or two extra into February. The deal could still go ahead, obviously. Blah blah blah. Something to think about.
0: Yeah, you just never know. As I say, um, if it is so complicated, you know, it's just important. That I think Celtic do what's best for the club in this. That this same um, circumstances, um, and with him having such a long term deal at the club, you know, that we, we work it properly. But again, as I say, I'm happy that we've brought. Both replacements and before the players actually left the building. I think that's really, really important. And it's an interesting reading. I just said to you before we came on that, that, that Chris Sutton was kind of looking at it as a kind of gamble. He's a pundit who you've got a great respect for uh, his opinions in football. And I think he'd have been probably rather keen to keep somebody like Yakimakis, you know, as you said before we came on, better the, the, the devil, you know. But, you know, I, I think the manager is so, so keen to always evolve and progress. He thinks this is the best way to do it. We had a hint of that at the AGM when he said, you know, that quote about keeping on. The, um you know, sometimes your heroes are leaving, whatever. But you, you basically need to uh, p- progress. So, so what is your take on that, Quinn? Do you think it it is a, a gamble? I don't personally think it's that. I think Celtic are just trying to to evolve and move on in the players. Um, but we're looking at alternative moves, and I think that's absolutely fine. Yeah,
1: and I think like in in the the principle of what you're saying definitely stands. Like you know we're in form, everyone's bedded in, everyone knows each other. There's a system, blah blah blah. But I, uh, I I don't feel any risk at all around any of these moves for the reasons you have spoke about as well. As like on top of that, like I, I mentioned in the little analysis video I did um, on uh, on the channel a few days ago. Like since we got Antipasikoglu in as manager, the, the things we were told quite a lot from everyone that knew anything about him was. His teams do amazing in the second half of the season. And his second season will be much better than his first season. And we're now getting into the point of the second half of the second season, which should be, by all accounts, quite an exciting time. And it feels like if you see the business we've been doing and you listen to the manager, like as we all do, He's trying to assemble this squad. He's trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and I think he's like a kid in a toy shop at this point, thinking, "I've finally got like three sets of forwards, you know, da da da, and all my midfielders, and like two to every spot. They all play like this. So running like this, they all have this success rate of joes and passes and all that stuff."
0: It's and... like when you get your your football cards when you're a wee guy and you're you know you're trying to get you're always trying, you always try to complete the Celtic team whether it was the stickers or the yep. cards and once you get that last we'll go with the stickers once you get that last sticker and you put it in the book it was like oh pride and joy you know you could sit um for whatever age you were six or seven five, your feet up and think yep job done well done yeah I think that's yeah, kind of be where that just now yeah totally
1: so um I don't think there's any risk. Like really, in reality, and I do, I do think he's maybe um, searching for an alternative angle to take on this trade because everyone else is just buzzing about it from top to from top to bottom, you know. But uh, you know that aside, like it's yeah, I wouldn't trust a manager more to execute these types of moves than the one we've got, and the squad is so well rounded that a new face coming in, I don't think is going to be like an outcast is going to be taken in quite well and because of the ID situation we've got the play style it should be relatively like you know a, a duck to water we're not trying to teach him something new we're not trying to adapt him fullbacks maybe have a bit more of that problem at our team but for a forward in this kind of mould, I don't think there's going to be any of that it's just going to be getting to know your pals
0: yeah absolutely um I, I think he's I think the angle we probably try to look at was a sustained period of time and um, you know there's absolutely no doubt that Alistair yeah. Jones has looked steady since he's came in and um, but it's just Question he's basically asking is can I do it over a sustained period of time? I suppose the only answer to that really is wait and see. Um you know, bet the devil, you know, and all that stuff. But I'm I'm excited by it. Um and I can understand what, why he, he's saying that. I think it's it's an interesting discussion point. But another interesting discussion point, Quinny, that you know feeds into speaking about the team evolving, progressing, moving on, comes around more exchange. We obviously brought in last summer. It was a player who both you and I like to look of right away, you know, since we've been doing these podcasts. In August time, he came in to make his debut uh, up in Dingwall against Ross County. He scores, you know, the, the second goal after we'd conceded a, a late equaliser and it, you know, kind of propelled his own to victory the following week. He scores a bicycle kick against Kelly at Rugby Park. Um, he played 19 games in the first part of the the, the season, Quinny, which is a fair amount of games. But the, the the first question I kind of want to ask you in more the chance is, do you think he would have played that volume of games had Carl Starfelt not been injured for two different belts?
1: It's interesting thinking about it now, seeing how it's all panned out, because I thought Jens like, did very well when he played for us, and a lot of different things that Starfelt in particular wasn't doing for us.
0: But you again, liked the step out that he did, didn't you? That was something yeah. you really liked in his game.
1: But again, he was doing that left, left side of the, the two. He's never going to yeah. come in for Carter Vickers, and if we've got you know, if we've now got a guy. Like, Jens, it kind of feels to me now that the whole thing has had its kind of cycle, as it were, that, like, Kobe Ashe, for example, and Iwata, and O, would have been mid-season. They're not, you're not going to get them at the beginning of our, our season, some our, the back end of our summer window. You know, you're just not going to sign those players. So, bringing in, like, uh, you know, who were the loans we brought in? Abelgaard and uh, Jens. Bringing them in as, like, placeholders until those guys can be brought in maybe feels like what was kind of going on and Jens probably did get a lot more minutes than what anyone expected um, and in reality that's probably the way it's panned out but I do think like what I said a few weeks ago like I think if Starfield had played like he has played a lot this season right but like, he's been in and out with injury and he has not looked always great to be frank right but I think if he'd played this whole time Yens Jens didn't get the minutes and Starfield was potentially getting spoken about for like a £6 million transfer to Uruwa in Atlanta, in Monza, and whatever, then I think we would sell them and buy yens, you know, and I think mm. that would have been the move. But maybe it's a point of, well, you're probably waiting another year before that situation can become reality. And then does that maybe upset the apple cart too much, making that situation happen? You know, playing someday to put them in the shop window to move them on, to blah, blah, blah. Where we're here now, Starfield's coming into form, Kobe's in the building, this guy's only on loan. Let's just keep it simple. It's been nice knowing you. All the best. And we wish you all the... You know, we'll, we'll watch out for you, you know.
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, as it was, I think it's benefited both parties for different reasons. As you said earlier on, it's totally. it's lifted against his profile that gave him a chance to play Champions League football, yep. to play up against, you know, some really top, top quality oppositions. You know, Mudrich at Shakhtar, who's got a 100-year contract at Chelsea, obviously <laughs> now... Um, <laughs> And then, you know, the the boys at Leipzig and and Real Madrid, so um, and much like the rest of the Celtic team had a decent game against Real Madrid. Um, If you remember right, Quinny, um, Starfield you know, didn't come in, I think until just before the Rangers game and uh, it was actually down at Kelly, Uh, sorry I do beg your pardon, he came in at Kelly because he scored that day, Um, came off the bench and he scored, and that's when we we saw him back for the first time, he'd sustained the injury with Sweden and international duty, came back in he plays the Rangers game, goes off injured. I think Jens came on as a sub, and then that's yep. kind of Jens back in the team. Um, and then even towards the end of that break, it was in and out between the two of them. But after the break, it's been Starfield and Vickers primarily. Kobayashi's now came into that setup. Um, placeholders, I think, is probably the correct way of putting it. To me, it's almost kind of been like a kind of stop gap in the, the, the system. And again, Celtic knew what the fee was. I think it was around 3 million odds, possibly upwards. And had they want to sign them. I'd be wanted to sign him permanently in the summer, which is possibly something we're not looking or willing to do so. But getting uh, Yance out the door, you know, if he's not going to get game time, which is the whole point of him getting uh, loaned out to Celtic, uh, it's still going to benefit him at all and we we wish him all the best. And he's played his part, certainly, and is uh, hopefully winning another league title uh, this season. Um, As I say, you know, some important goals in there, especially that one in, in Dingwall, so... Wish him all the best. Um what what do you think that means for for Stephen Welsh? Because he's a player that the club have already indicated that they're, they're quite happy to to listen to offers for. But you know, unlike Yance, Welsh is our player. Um it's just where minutes come for him at this point in time. And obviously at the weekend there and the the five nil cup victory over Morton, you see Big Bosan Lamo come on for his senior debut.
1: Yeah, well, the manager you you've been talking him up on on this podcast, and the manager has been talking about him with recurring frequency, uh, both while So I think like if you are going to try and clear a path to develop this guy, then Welsh definitely has to has to go get a loan, maybe a transfer. Depends on his own situation and any team that would be interested in them. What their preferred option is, because not everyone's going to be. Uh, queuing up outside your door to take one of your guys on loan for a year to de- to play him every week, develop him, and give him back to you worth more money than what they you know in, in the first place. So the, um, it's one of those deals where sometimes the optimal situation isn't available, and it's just like well maybe you need to sell him. But we do. I think we we agree on this uh, that like you know the manager does seem to have a spot for him in in the squad, and the club does value yeah, He seems to like kinda, him. Yeah, his grassroots yeah. nature and what he kind of gives to the, the squad.
0: From even the report that came out initially about, you know, Celtic willing to listen to offers, it was made clear in the, the I think it was Sky Sports that, that broke it that, you know, the manager's keen on him, but he knows that for his development he needs game time. Which both yeah. you and I know it's just not going to happen to Celtic at this point in time. So that's one to keep your eye on with A2. It looks as if Moritz James is probably definitely gonna head back to Lorient before he goes uh, elsewhere, looking likely to be Bundesliga with Schalke Welsh, we don't know anything about as of yet. Um much like Moritz Shance Oliver Abelgaard, another one who we brought in on deadline day in the summer. I think we're actually a wee bit excited about his transfer because we knew it was a position that we needed because of the other players in the, you know, the the engine room that, that was there as the backup, being primarily Yuske De Gucci and James McCarthy. Um but Abelgaard came in Quinny. D- do you think there was a potential in his move that we did business with Ruben the season Before bringing Starfield in We'd obviously got the business over the line for of the That was one that we saw a club And thought, yep, we could probably nip in He's a decent enough player for the squad And just take him in loan and see how it works out Do you think that was a, a a potential, innit?
1: Yeah, for sure It's a shame when we got Starfield We didn't try and get uh, Kravashvili Off a of Ruben Kazan as well That would have been a good Price one that After a few <laughs> pints, <sir. laughs> I, I I just went to Cravadonna because uh, I think that's just much better. <laughs> but, that, would uh, yeah. a, that would
0: have been an have been interesting. one to get in a song, wouldn't it?
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> would have Celtic fans probably nailed it. Doing something absolutely oh, yeah. perfect um, yeah. as well. But uh, but yeah, I, I think it was definitely an opportunity similar to like the J and the K league markets, where obviously we've got almost like inside experts, you know, uh, at the club that know those divisions already, so they kind of have that kind of touch of it, but again with Ruben, it was just almost like that kind of inside of, we have some sort of connection to do business with them. They had just spent a lot of money trying to like level up domestically and then all of a sudden they've been rug pulled geopolitically by everything that's going on and all the foreigners obviously wanted to leave and were able to cancel contracts and do all sorts of other stuff, obviously. Um, and yeah, I think it probably was just a case of, right, well, they've got a defensive mid. <laughs> we need a defensive mid. Let's just pick up the phone and see if they'll give us them. Let's see what happens, you know. And maybe it was one of those kind of efforts because it's been quite clear that he wasn't fit, took ages to get fit. And then, you know, but by all accounts, it's just not worked out from top to bottom. So I think that was just more, yeah, as you say, like a placeholder for maybe somebody like Iwata who could have been made available in the January window. And unfortunately, we did need to play Abogard a few times and he wasn't up to it, you know. So we did have a need for someone in that spot. Uh, so I don't think, you know, I think we planned on playing him the amount of times we did, maybe if not a little bit more, um, because we'd have probably ideally played him there rather than O'Reilly when McGregor was injured in an ideal world, you know. Um, so yeah, that's probably, that's probably been one of the the losses, as it were, of the summer window that we're kind of paying for in January or we fixed in January with the water?
0: That that was a, a real opportunity for him, I think, to come in and kind of stamp his mark in the Celtic team. That when McGregor dropped out and that pivot pivotal, um, that might have been his chance to come in, shine. But you know, matter really drops back, we see in and, uh, and Moy kind of pick up the load in there, um, and he doesn't, you know, feature a lot when he, as far as I know, he didn't actually start a game for Celtic. while there was was at the club. Um, and right. just looking at it, um, he played nine games for Celtic in that, that short space of time. At six in the Premier League. That's two in the Champions League, one in the League Cup. His six uh, Premiership appearances, 67 minutes of game time, which is unbelievably low. Um, yeah. Two Champions League appearances, 60 minutes. And the bulk of that was obviously against RB Leipzig. He came on at the game, didn't do too much wrong, but he didn't really, you know stand out for us and obviously the manager watching him every day in training and whatever else had more trust to, to bring O'Reilly back into the pivot than they did with Abelgaard and that probably was a, the mind made up at, at that point in time um, so again it's just how it's worked out it's been a situation of a try before Dubai that's benefited Celtic um, and we've not we've not lost out on it Adiguchi much in that similar conversation timing Really, really unlucky with when he sustained injury when he came back. He's not played one game this season for his own sake, probably best. He just heads out the exit door. And then James McCarthy, there doesn't really seem to be much chat around him. I know in the summer window there was was talk about you know Celtic possibly looking to, to be open to offers, but I'm starting to think with James McCarthy it's more than. His ability in the park, as if he's you know one of these kind of characters in the dressing room, the managers want to keep them around the place, and that's why he's there. And um, that you know shouldn't be the priority um, when you have got a football player at the club. But that almost seems, you know, it's it's second guessing to it. But there's no real chat around McCarthy like there is with Abelgard and Edigucci. That you know he's he's imminently going to head out the exit door.
1: I think the only solution you can have with McCarthy is to pay his contract off because I think that's more the problem is like who do you bring into the conversation to take him on with his injury record, with his age? We've got him on a bumper contract for mm-hmm. all for considering all those things I just I just mentioned, yeah. you know. So him. yeah, of course. You know, his agents done him a turn getting a big wage on a no transfer fee situation and we are carrying the can for it, you know. But um which, you know, if it so I'm kind of almost at the point now where if we're not just going to pay him off at this point, then Maybe we just lean into it and accept it. Like James McCarthy is the number seven, the number eight midfielder at the team. And he's going to play every once in a while. And hey, that's it for the next three or four seasons. He's like the, he's the bottom of the the depth for defensive mid for us, no matter who's injured, no matter who comes in, who leaves and all that stuff. And you just maybe wait until he hits any patch of form that someone is like, okay, we can take him. Like, you know.
0: You never know. Um, he's obviously played a wee part this season with the goal up in McDermott Park. Hopefully, our visit up there, um, in just over a week's time, isn't as uh, nervy towards the end. Remember, as him it gets to the ball to play in Burnaby before the ball goes across to to Yakimaki. So that's us kind of looked at the the outgoings that, that, that could be headed at the door. Obviously, Scott Robertson is the the latest um, along with Josip Juranovic to, to head for the exit at Celtic the, the Uranovic saga Quinny I'm kind of glad it's done to an end now he's going to a good league and again I wish him all the best um, when, when he goes to Union Berlin it'll be interesting to see how he gets on over there
1: yeah I think he'll do really well I think their next game this weekend is a Berlin derby and they're away so that would be a do good kind of good debut for me eh? um, <laughs> so that could be quite fun. Yeah, I think he'll do. I think he'll do very well. To be quite honest with you, it's a good team for him to go into uh, in a lot of different levels, and it's good for it's good for us, you know. And this is part of the part of the the situation we are moving into. The Celtic fans should want to see happening It's like you want your player to leave, go somewhere and be successful, and then people know, oh, they got him from Celtic. You know, it becomes mm-hmm. a thing. It's like, oh, when you see a guy, it's like, oh, who did they sign him from Ajax? And you're like, oh, they signed him from Benfica you have know, got these all these little connotations that go off in your mind. We need to build that, you know. And guys like Juranovic is definitely going to play it. And Frimpong's done a great job for us over in Germany yeah, in that it. respect. Certainly playing much more of a winger these days. I've seen him at the weekend. He was very, very good. Um, There's a lot of chat so yeah. about him
0: uh, leaving Leverkusen wasn't there this window, but nothing's actually came of that. Probably hold off to the summer with him. Do you think
1: he'll be he'll be over fifty million? Whoever buys him, like maybe maybe over thirty. It depends who he goes to, but I think he could be a a huge deal because. I see Leverkusen are playing on right wing over the last couple of games. He is obviously meant to be a right back. So again, depending on who is buying him and what position they're going to pay, um, you know, like he could, he's really good. He's really good to know. It's hard to really, he should have got a goal at the weekend. The guy that crossed him the ball was offside. You know, it wasn't his fault. You know, so he should have scored at the weekend.
0: Poor, poor Jeremy. Um, poor wee Jezza, Oh my days.
1: <laughs> that's oh
0: my days, remember that. Um, but another another former player that is, uh looks as if he's going to get do his a turn uh, is Big And um, From what I'm reading, it looks as if he's actually going to go to Villa. And the Premier League yeah. and Celtic has a buy-on in that. So that's another one to keep our eyes on for the rest of this window. Um, Tomoki Iwata, debut last weekend against... Morton, I know you can't really judge a player too much when he comes off the bench, but it's gonna take him a wee while I'm sure to get up to speed. You're probably maybe looking at this nice wee period coming up Quinny between, you know, Dundee United away, put the home game against Livingston, away up to St Johnston, and then a Scottish Cup against St Myrn. Um probably a kind of nice bedding in period for him, and obviously now he's been on the park, he's ready to go.
1: Yeah, well, those three games you listed there before the St. Mirren match, they all come within a week, you know? So we go Dundee United at the weekend, Livingston on the Wednesday, and then weekend again with St. Johnson. Then it's like six days off to the St. Mirren game. So in that kind of, those three games, we're probably going to see that kind of, a little bit of that situation where, it's hard to think about who exactly, but in the past we've seen situations, for example, where maybe like the front three would be, let's say um, Maeda, Kiyogo and Abada. And then the guys that finished the game would have been like Jackie Jackimakis, and Forrest. And then the next game, Jackie Makis and Forrest would have started and then they come off. And then, you know, so we see, I'm not saying with a complete front line, maybe with a right winger, maybe with a centre mid or something like that. But over those next three games, somebody like Tomoki Iwata, you might see a bit of that, but he might get a start in one of these games off the back of getting 20-30 in a match or something like that. So, um I don't think you play him in the cup game at home at Aberdeen and then obviously we've got the final after that. I don't know if you maybe leave them until after the you know the, the final and then maybe think about them after that because uh, well, I don't know. I suppose in between St Mirren and the Cup, Aberdeen and the league and then the final, there's a week between each three of those fixtures, so plenty of prep time. No reason to rest and rotate at all. You can go full strength in every one of them. So just looking at
0: just looking at his transfer, I know we, we spoke about him when he came in at but now he's made he, he, his debut. Um I, I mean all that you know the managers batted away any idea that David Turnbull's gonna go anywhere during this window. So you you almost have that that six in there of, you know, basically what was it, the pin down three last season in McGregor, Hatati O'Reilly added to that, Turnbull, Moy and now water. I'm sure you'll see a lot of rotation between those six. Um do you think, possibly, at this point in time, Quinny, I know we're only late January, um, but you know the, the manager likes to plan. He will be looking ahead already, probably, at Champions League next year whatever else. And you might even then see that kind of double pivot idea with I- Iwata and McGregor at a time, or do you think you might see McGregor be allowed to take that step up the odd time? Where, where do you see, whenever Iwata comes into the team, what does it mean for Callum McGregor? Because we know he plays so many games often for Celtic.
1: I think we're probably only going to see Awata and McGregor share a pitch this season um, to finish a game off. To in a, in a very similar way to what we've discussed before on the on the channel, like the way that we needed to have the ability to play Jackie Marcus, and Kyogo together, like we did um, in, in in the derby match. We it happened like once or twice at the end of a game. Um, and also, I'd like to see that a little bit more. And with forwards, that's kind of harder to do to have a situation where you're going to try some things out with some subs. But I do think in some of these games, if we are blasting a team three, fours, and fives, you know, you'll get like there will be a game or two in this season, maybe a couple, where the last 10, 20 minutes, maybe he comes on to play next to McGregor and it's a bit of in game shape practice. And, you mm-hmm. know, you cover this side, I cover this side. Any bumps in the road, anything we need to work out on training. To, to pick it up because I think the only time you would want to do it in practice is probably Champions League if you're away from home in particular, and you know you're worried about uh, like you know basically just look at the away games we had last year, you know getting caught in transition and getting done up the pitch. You need to have extra protection for that. So I think yeah, it'd be diligent to see some of that for this year, but I don't think we'll start a match with a no. and McGregor. I think that would no. surprise me. Not ruling yeah. it out the manager could do anything he wants, but <laughs> don't see yeah. it.
0: It's, it's interesting, and it's great that we've got, you know, those options there. You know, it's sexually top uh, midfield players' r- r- rotation in there. I mean, if you look at the, the volume of games that David Turnbull played up until January last uh, last season, Quinny, it was probably just due to having very little options in there until we actually brought in, you know, Rio Hattati and Matt O'Reilly bulked up a bit, then, then Moy comes in in the summer. So, um, midfield, the engine room is looking good just now at Celtic Park, um, and I'm, I'm excited Fantastic. to see how that continues to progress. There's a lot of uh, nice variations and rotations that can happen in there. And we'll just see how it goes. But uh, I mentioned that early on, Kyogo, two goals last weekend against Morton. He's hit 20 for the season, which has matched his record for last season. He has become an unstoppable for for teams. And, uh, you know, what do you think? Do you think 30 goals this season? That's what I'm thinking he's going to get now if he avoids injury.
1: I think that... uh... It must have been a week or two ago. I think we're talking about many goals Kyogo would finish on. We're reckoning he would smash 30. I reckon yeah. it's probably safe to say he could go 30 in the league, you know, and then <laughs> he'll just go from whatever he gets in the cups as a bonus, you know, because, uh, you know, he's I don't think O is going to start too often in this season, particularly until the league and everything's wrapped up. I think he's going to take that Jackie Mackis role coming on every game for between 10 to 30 minutes, no problem for the majority of this season. While the games are spread out once a week as well, I, I don't think it's very likely, we see Kyogo ever start on the bench now um, for the remainder of the season. And um, with that kind of um, increase in tempo that we can have in that Jackie Makis Kyogo situation where we used to have, sometimes sometimes we would think, oh, it'd be better if Jackie Mackis started this game because we could have played a bit like this and maybe went a bit more with crosses and, and hit him on. Uh, and sometimes we would be the other way. If you start with Jackie Mackis, you'd think about Kyogo. But now we can kind of, the whole kind of forward line can really focus in on. Uh, Like playing the same way, playing to the same strengths, and I've got two players that can fulfill that for the whole game, you know?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's great options there, I think. It was interesting on another podcast the other day, we were talking about, uh, you know, Celtic in the semi final in the Scottish Cup last season on on Axel, and uh, young James on there had said, you know, towards the end of that game, when we were, you know, having to bring on subs because we'd been in the injury team and whatnot it wasn't really like for like whereas I think you're getting to a situation you now Quinny we were talking about earlier where there is like for like throughout the team and you're, you're quite confident that whoever comes into the side um, will flourish and, and you know come in and do the job. You can see that even by, you know, the managers kinda of selection in the Scottish Cup, I, I didn't expect us to go as strong as that but we, we did and, you know, we, we won the game five nil. Um it's not one to, to talk probably too much about. We got our, the the job done. I think we we're probably just disappointed we didn't score more goals in the second half. I know it's only Championship opposition, but uh, Aaron Moy uh, is currently a real game just now, and it's something that the manager indicated uh, before the the World Cup break that he, he would hit this kind of this patch of form. But he's been absolutely excellent um, since returning back for the World Cup.
1: Yeah, he's but been, he's been absolutely fantastic. And he's having that extra, and especially with the age he has as well and the experience he has, Like, because it's great having a team full of young and up-and-coming guys and all the rest of it. And of course, we've got McGregor, Joe Hart and goals. But you do need people on the pitch that can remain calm, can stay composed, stick to the plan, know the game plan inside out. We'll live and die on the manager's words and we'll action all that on the pitch. And um, I think we knew he was going to probably being like one of the kind of manager's lieutenants coming in, having worked with him in the national team, etc., uh, in the past. But what he's now starting to put on the pitch, he's really linking up with the rest of the team. And it feels like, you know, his attributes are getting maximized. And you know, this is probably this is definitely, I'm gonna say it, this is definitely the best team he's ever played in, you know. So surely we can only ever get the best version of him that he's ever been, you know, and we're starting I think we're starting to get that, which is great because it puts O'Reilly under mad pressure to get back to his best.
0: And it should only improve him as a player as well because you mean, you've got somebody who's, you know, that, that age gap said or Moyes played at such a, a top level with Huddersfield and Brighton in the Premier League that, you know, a lot of that knowledge will also be passed down to you. They're like, sure, really, who we forget is still only 22 years old, I think, so, yep. um or, or 21. Um, so, you know, that, that'll pass down on to him. Um, I think he's 22, sorry. And has Moyes' position and the, the, the team possibly surprised you? Because I think we all thought kind of back to what we were talking about there a water that he would come in and be a kind of you know the sixth the pivot or whatever but he's almost playing as a 10 in our team and he's he's strolling it every single game he's absolutely strolling it
1: yeah well I think because we don't we, we don't look at the guy and think oh he's quick or he's this or he's that or, he's going to dribble you think oh he's More than likely, we know he can do a bit of everything, but he's probably going to be more of a defensive player on Angie's team because he can't break the lines with the run. But when a guy's got that kind of artillery in his boot, you know, then you want him as close to the final third as often as possible. You can get him. And even when we are like defending our own third and we're looking to spring one quick, he's the first guy you want to give the ball to because if you need to play a ball 30 yards on his left foot or his right foot, he's got it in him. And uh, I think even in that, even in the team that we're at, he does struggle physically in some parts of the game. It's quite obvious to see at some points. It's not a, a slight on him or a fitness problem or anything, but it's just every person in the world has limitations at some point. But the he's similar to Rogic in that sense that his positives far outweigh any negatives, you know that mm-hmm. um, the rest of the team's positives also carry a bit of his negatives as well, with the kind of pace and everything that we've got in and around defence and midfield. So I've been quite surprised at how forward he's been played. Definitely. And I think I've been quite surprised at how quickly he could be in our best 11, you know, on current form, you know, because I thought O'Reilly, Rio, and McGregor was virtually untouchable. I think it still pretty much is. But if someone's going to break that up at this point in time, it's only going to be Moy.
0: Absolutely. And as you see, the manager knew all about him from the national setup, he knew what he was getting. And um, when he came into the club, uh, some people were saying, you know, or, you know, Celtic working in the cheap here but you know, I think a lot of us, including myself, had said, you know, had the situation with COVID not had happened, and China with such strict lockdowns following on from, you know, the the rest of the world kind of opening up, you, you wouldn't have got Moy in a, a transfer situation that he was. you probably be paying for about six million pounds for him. And it's worked out that, you know, he's happy here, his wife's Scottish, he's happy in Glasgow, blah blah. It just fits and really, really nice at this point in time. Um, and he is looking to, to get better and better. And I think he's going to be a real important player towards the back end of this season and get on to hopefully win uh, that league title um, once uh, again, Quinny. Um, just in terms of how the the, the team has shaped up, it's a, it's a really exciting period of games we're going to We've got a cup final in less than a month's time. Um, that's going to be, obviously, a real tasty game. But uh, looking at league games before that, we, we can put ourselves in a hell of a good position uh, before we actually entertain uh, Rangers at Hamden um, And I think possibly by then, you could be hitting the end of Fabian thinking, yep, yeah, this is probably wrapped up in the bag for Celtic.
1: I hope we have uh, the next four league matches. We could have like a fantastic run on our hands. you know, And I really do hope that uh, you know my expectations are yeah you know, are, are what I think when I look like Dundee United away. Of course we did so well last time. It's hard to forget. Livingston have not been in that great form. I don't think since really over the Christmas period. Like I know they you know they're not terrible. They're still like fourth or something in the division. But they've um, I don't know they've won their last couple of games. What was I? Th- oh yeah, it was just over the back of Christmas. Sorry, they did get a couple of losses and draws. But since the turn of the year they've been winning again. But um, anyway, point still stands. I think and uh, St Johnson away and Aberdeen just losing to Darvel, obviously last week, who knows who will be their manager, what they'll even be doing, and, I'm, and when's that, like three weeks time, you know, so potentially four games between homes and away's, and whatever, that you know, it could be set up to get us in a re- nice run of form, because I think every Celtic fan I speak to thinks that Rangers fans are going into that cup final with a, a false sense of um, security uh uh-huh. and like they think, oh, it was, you know last time this, and last time that, and it's like you just don't even know, man. You just don't even know. <laughs> like, so if we get the form that I think we're okay. I, mean, I think we probably all agree that we're really capable of in those fixtures, and it could be one of the best League Cup finals ever. So it could be a great month, February. Look forward to it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to the month of February too. Under Celtic, um, and you know, kind of coming off the back of this month, looking at it as a as a picture by the time we, we do this next week, we'll have ended January and just kind of looking at it, you know. As a quick turnaround, we know that Christmas period is always difficult. It became even more difficult when the team came back after the World Cup. You, you've not played in so many weeks. You're trying to build the form back up. You've got with Petodri in a real tough encounter in the first game of that, Quinny. And, uh, you know, we've practically been perfect apart from the draw at Ibrox. We weren't at our best that day. We knew the bad was badly affected um, with a bug running through the squad. We came back after that. We back against Kelly. We booked a place in the, the the final of the Via Play Cup, and in that form, it started to get back in we or back into that kind of rhythm, you know, like we were at uh, Easter Road before we played that that game against St. Mun and Morton, and hopefully something similar at the weekend against uh, Dundee United. I don't think we'll hit nine this time. I know you still think this season we're going to give that team one. another scalping or a pasting. Um, but, but, but what's your thoughts going on at this Dundee United game? I don't think there'll be too, well, I was going to say I don't think there'll be too much rotation, but we rotated a wee bit for the Scottish Cup game, but what kind of team do you expecting to go up to Tannadise with a, a game only three days later at Celtic Park?
1: Now, the team at Tannadise will be exciting, and I think it goes full strength, right? Now, what I would also add into that is, again, previously when we've played Dundee United away, I'm pretty sure Yen started that game, and I'm, the, the, you know, so I think
0: Kobe Star, Starfield played that game because he, he scored. Yeah, he
1: scored. There's a game... Was it Dundee United away? Dun, it, anyway, the, I'll, I'll go and check it out before I say something that's incorrect, right? But I've got a feeling Kobe Asche is going to play in this game alongside Carter Vickers. I don't know why, but that's um, that's my gut feeling that. But I think Taylor probably back as well. He's been pictured in training, you know, back from his hamstring, whatever it was. Uh, early, uh, early last week or something. So I think Taylor could be back in. So we could see the first ever back four of Joe Hart, Taylor, could be UK. I think it will be Carter Vickers and Johnson. You know, that could mm-hmm. be like the, the first time we see that defense line out. And I think away from home against United, the manager could easily play that kind of team where Kobayashi can play on the left side and Alistair Johnson can obviously bomb down the right. Midfield, I think he'll go Moy over O'Reilly. And up front, I'd probably, I think he'll go Dyson, Jota and Kyogo.
0: Okay, that's a, that's a good shoot. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how we go. Obviously, um, plenty of options to come off the bench in that game a two twenty. So, we'll see how we go with that. Um, It's been a, a kind of strange transfer window. Obviously, next week we'll, we'll probably look at it as a whole because everybody's not went out the door. We, you never know, as you say, earlier later on. We don't know who could be the final piece of the, 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 the jigsaw to come in. Do you think we're going to see any shocks in the, this next week in terms of possibly another arrival? Do you think that's maybe asking for too much? I think we're done I'm totally, at this point in time. I'm,
1: I'm not ruling it out. I'm totally not ruling it out. Anything could happen. It could be Cho. Could It be, could be anybody. Like Honestly, I would not rule it out at this point. The manager loves to tell a pie We've spoken about that already. Like Last Wednesday, last week, what was it? No bids, no nothing. And then we sign this old guy and it's like, oh, we've been working on this for months and Oh, I fought tons of times I was losing sleep over this deal, no getting done, you know. So um he only tells us what he wants to tell us, you know. So like and th- they could have three players up their sleeve for all I know. Uh, and it would not surprise me one bit.
0: See, in terms of the the, the manager Connie uh, as well, um it's not something we actually spoke about earlier on, but we I mean, had that chatter and due you know that, it was really kind of nice to see him give that nod to, to Tony Dalson when he was talking about you know if it's going out the door because you know I think everybody's just assumed that with Juranovic leaving and Alistair Johnson's coming in, that that's going to be Johnson's position to lose. But, you know, very good nod to, to Raoulson. And, you know, he's a player that he really likes. He's still young and uh, he's still going to get a chance in the team. But also, you know, I, I thought he handled the Juranovic situation towards the, the back end of it there. Um, he did all that Zolt nada, nothing stuff. Then, eventually, when the deal gets done, it was the first, you know, kind of real Ange player. The departure, obviously, we saw Edward yeah. and uh, Christy, and I had go out the door under Ange's watch. It was the kind of first Ange player to go out the door and I thought we handled it terrifically well. And I thought to be, you know, he spoke with the player and, you know, pushing him all the best, etc. And, and understanding why he wanted to move on was absolutely fine. What, what was your take on his, his comments after the Morton game?
1: Yeah, I was really pleased to hear it because you can tell, like, you know, one of the things we love about the manager and this kind of ethos he's building at the club is it is about people and it is about knowing the people that fit the club and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, those relationships don't disappear because a guy changes club. You know, it's it's like, you know, if me and you weren't doing this podcast tomorrow, we're, we're, I was doing one on our channel and you're doing one on a different one. So like I would be like, oh, well, screw that guy. You know, like, it's, it's just that's what happens. Sometimes people do other things or whatever. And um, not saying that I'm... Yeah, anyway, but like, <laughs> but you know, sometimes with football, it's just much more like you hear managers talking about players when they leave, and it's just much more of like the copy, you know, like he's a great servant to the team. We wish him all the best in the future, and that's the kind of the end of it. But when you listen to his comments about him, you can tell that he's actually genuinely buzzing for him, and he 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 hopes to see him he genuinely hopes to see him do well. And uh, I think we would all echo that, you know, JJ's been cool for us.
0: I like him. Yeah, um, we'll spend the last five minutes just kind of reflecting on him and his period at the club, 18 months at the club. Um, real, real important player in the first season. I don't think that can be underestimated when he came in. And again, he was one of the kind of older uh, players to come in. It's quite strange. to say. I think when he came in at the club, it would be about 27, 26. But it was one of the kind of older characters that came in. He certainly was a character. You could see that with the way he got on with the players. Um, how would you sum up kind of Juranovic's 18-month period at Celtic? Um, I think...
1: Probably above expectation is probably quite fair. I think whenever you think, whenever we sign these guys, and it's always that little bit of promise oh, it's a two or three million guy, oh, he's an international for this country, or he's a youth international for that country, or whatever. Very often, very often, they don't come anywhere near the level of success we've had with Juranovic. So, I think, like in that context, he's performed above expectation. But by all accounts, when he did come in, we were all quite optimistic he was going to be the part, and he did deliver for us. He took he wore the shirt. He, didn't, uh, he really didn't let us down in any real way. Yeah, some games he didn't perform as good as some others, but I think, yeah, from top to bottom, I think he's a great player to have, and um, yeah, a great transfer, great player.
0: Yeah, he, he certainly was that, and you, you could see how good a player he was when he went to the World Cup. I think that was something we'd already seen um, with him during his time at Celtic. We could see his quality and everything that he possessed. He probably didn't hit the, the heights that he did in the first season, in the second season at Celtic, um, I, I don't think he probably kind of hit that level. Whether that was just we expect to be a bit too much from him, um, from the the play he'd been that the previous campaign, but it's gonna be interesting. They'd take a lot more one.
1: penalties in the first season than the second. Yeah, season well, as well. that's very true. Um,
0: <laughs> but we know what penalties can do
1: for right backs it make some super pivots. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: and uh, and it makes you you know top goal scorers in the league and whatever else. Um, but it's it's quite uh, amazing to think um, you know that uh, it's it's kind of strange because when I went to the club it was almost like this is the new chapter opening or whatever else this is like the kind of the second chapter of it really be, be, begun now because we're starting to see a kind of it's not a different team come together but the four players that we've, we've brought in in January are certainly going to feature a lot more often and your yeah. Just come to see that one of those guys also, um, who I want to just briefly chat a bit before we finish. To see a it was good to see him come back at the weekend. He's another player like Aaron Moy who we were talking about. Um, I think it's going to feature a lot more. I think I actually came on against St. Murn last week. We didn't see him too much, but again, he's a player who I think you'll see a wee bit more against Indy United at the weekend than we've seen him. Um, and again, I think much like Aaron Moy, will have a big impact towards the back end of the season.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And like, I did a, the, the little TikTok that I did about the, the forward line we've got now with O-Sign and I'd, uh, I'd, I'm only gonna, I don't mind saying this at the end of the podcast because it's only the, the real heroes that stay to the end. So you guys deserve to hear the, the, the banter as it were. But in the in the little TikTok I say that Celtic, I think we've got the most exciting front line in Europe for now. And the amount of comments I got about that line was hilarious from the amount of Rangers fans that we got for it. But a big part of that is I think so many people are forgetting about Aksibanovich and like, I was saying it when he kind of first broke onto the scene with us. Like for me, like if he's in full flight, look at my Eden full flight. How good he's been. I think Haksavanovich, when he gets into full gear, he could be as good as Jota. Like for us, in terms of how what he can do in a wide position, beating a man, putting a ball in, doing something different, you know, creative. And uh, yeah, he's been like missing for like two months, and when he comes back into the mix on top of everything else that was spoke about, I think Haksabanovic. because, again, with that try before you buy stuff, I think we've already intimated that we're going to sign this guy. I think we've already said we've seen enough, we're going to pay the money.
0: Aye, 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 Yeah. Yeah, I think he's, I think he actually joined in a permanent deal, Haksabanovic. so I don't think yeah. we need to worry about that. But, but yeah, much like Maeda and that kind of similar conversation, when he, when he gets that form and he gets that pace, he, he's unstoppable. a really different uh, player to catch. Um, as always, thanks for all our listeners um, on the pod it's always great to, to catch up and talk about Celtic as I say thanks for the, the stock stuck with us through this January window we've been talking um, just like the football fans as we do um, but we didn't really have any inclination on how this would finish this window we, we got those reports early out um, about Juranovic and Yakimakis we've spoken through that Juranovic has left we'll see what happens with Yakimakis we've brought four players in but if you've enjoyed this please do like the video subscribe to the channel Quinny a uh, pleasure as always chatting to you on the Celtic here know? flagship podcast.